The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. Every sports media star has a story. From the highs... We are number one. We just grabbed every key demographic. <laughs> to the lows... You're fired! The path to success is always different. To help you learn more about the industry's top broadcasters, Barrett Sports Media brings you the Sports Talkers Podcast. Now, here's your host, Stephen Strong. If you're a fan of the NHL, you probably know who this is. If you were a fan of the Barclays Premier League, when it was the Barclays Premier League, you probably know who this is. If you were a fan of Notre Dame football, you probably know who this is. It's Liam McHugh. He was on NBCSN. Now he is the studio host of the new TNT NHL show with Wayne Gretzky and Biz and all those guys. He joins us today to talk about his transition from NBCSN to TNT. As always, rate, subscribe, and review. I always tell you guys to do this. It helps me. It helps the network. Go on the Sports Talkers podcast on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Rate it five stars. Leave a comment. Helps me. Helps the network. Make sure to check out all the other podcasts on the great BarrettSportsMedia.com. And without further ado, let's get into our conversation with Liam McHugh. Let's kind of get the rundown of, of Liam's childhood and when he wanted to start to get into sports broadcasting. Uh, listen, I mean, I played sports like every kid that probably went into this business. Uh, I played every sport out there. Uh, I was raised in a, a athletic family. My dad was uh, a runner and a track coach. My brother was a great athlete. And, you know, I knew I, I always wanted to do something in sports. Um, I played you know, soccer in college pretty badly, but I played. Uh, and then, you know, listen, I, I was looking for something. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I wanted to coach. I was very into, uh, was, I was an avid reader. Uh, my dad was also an English teacher. My mom was a librarian. Uh, so uh, I was very much uh, drawn to storytelling. So I started writing for, uh, when I went to University of Buffalo, I started writing for the school paper. And uh, eventually I thought that's really what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a print journalist. And when I got out of undergrad, I took a job uh, covering high school sports at New York Newsday on Long Island. And uh, it was a, a tremendous experience uh, back then. It's a long time ago. So uh, back then, <laughs> newspapers were a thing that you yeah. got delivered. Uh, they came to people's houses. They were paper and you would read them. Uh, and this was like just when the Internet was like starting to be a thing for news uh, gathering and no one knew how to monetize it yet. So like newspapers still mattered and Newsday was an incredible sports section at that time. Uh, a lot of big time writers. So uh, it, it was, it was awesome. I, I learned on the fly. Uh, and then I had a connection at Newsday uh, where there was an editor there who also worked at ESPN magazine, which at that time was in New York city. And uh was also it was enormous. It was like a phone book back then. It was such a it was a great magazine. It was different, and so I, I got in there where I was a researcher, and then I got to you know do a little writing, do some reporting, and I learned under some amazing editors. Uh, and, and and it was tough. Like you know, if your if your work wasn't good, they very much let you know, and it better be better the next time where you weren't going to do it. And uh, so it was a lot of stress, uh, but it was good stress, and I wound up you know, being sharpened by it. Uh, but I also saw in that like year and a half, two year span that I was there, uh, the magazine started to shrink. What year was this at this point? So this is like 2000, 2001, um, and then into 2002. 
And you um, had never picked up a, a microphone or anything like that, a radio or that was no, never? Wow. Never. So you were a never. late bloomer. I, I, yeah, I didn't like, I, I think in the back of my mind, it was something I wanted to try, but uh, it wasn't a big thing at University of Buffalo. We didn't really have uh, communication there uh, as a major was more communication theory and it wasn't hands-on. So I know I'd done nothing at all in terms of broadcasting, uh, but I had some talks with, some of the editors at ESPN magazine. And I you know, told them, I said, you know, I, I don't know where this is going with me. Uh, I, I can keep freelancing. It's, it's not really steady work. And the magazine seems to be shrinking. Uh, and, you know, we were right in that, like that area where uh, ESPN.com was starting to become more important than ESPN magazine. Yep. And then, you know, what had happened, it happened like, you know, it took over, but, it was difficult to tell where this business was going. And all they told me is like, listen, you know, print's not getting any bigger. It's only getting smaller. Uh, I told them I wanted to go back to school and they agreed, which also probably tells you something about what they <laughs> thought of me as a writer. Uh, they're like, you should absolutely stop doing this and find mm. something else to do. Uh, so I went back to Syracuse, uh, got my master's there. And uh, it was, you know, bizarre. It was, I went from, you know, writing in New York City to grad school in Syracuse to the next year living in Terre Haute, Indiana as a broadcaster. So uh, big culture shock, big difference. But, uh, you know, I, I'm thrilled it worked out the way it worked out. So hold on. So when did you graduate from Syracuse with your master's? How old were you at that point? Uh, so I was 25, 26 around then. It was the year after Cuse won the championship. So, so 2003, uh, is that when it was? Yeah, the Mellow so I, one? they won 2003. I came in that summer and it was a full year uh, program, summer to summer, which is also something that was really nice because I was older. I wasn't looking for a two-year program. I want right. something where it's like, all right, you know, it may be uh, fast and furious, but let's let's do it. But I was ready. Um, yeah, listen, I, I think it took me a while to mature also. You know, I I, I, I was 17 when I went to college. And I was, you know, I, I was young. I like I needed to grow up a lot. And uh, I did over those years. I figured out what I wanted to do. And then once I figured out that this was it, you know, I was all in. I was dead set. It cost a hell of a lot more money to go to Syracuse than it cost to go to Buffalo. So I think it was also like, hey, I'm shelling out a lot of money here. I'm going to yep. big time loans to pay off. So this needs to work. Mm -hmm. And uh, but I also loved it. And you know, the experience I got at Syracuse and the, the teachers I had there, they were tremendous. Uh, yeah, and really what they did at that time, and it's probably different from what they do now because this is early 2000s, what they did is they got you unbelievably prepared to work at a small local station. And how did they now do that, that? You needed to know everything. You needed to know how to shoot your own story, edit your own story, how to do it, basically take a story, Start to finish. Take a sports cast. Start to finish. Edit every piece of video. Call highlights, but also tell a story. Read the prompter. Uh, time the show. I mean, I once I got to that first job in Terre Haute, uh, I could do any job there. Mm. I could produce. I could shoot. I could anchor the morning news. I could, uh, I mean, do everything except for meteorology at that point. You know, <laughs> it's it was awesome. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where like you look up and a couple of years go by in Indiana and you're like, oh, my God, like it's yeah. so fast because you're just working nonstop. But, uh, you know, it's not glamorous, but it, it's it's a cool experience. And I think it's honestly, I mean, I think it's benefited me now. It's still 100%. because 
I know people in the control room. Uh, I know what they're doing. I know what they're going through. I, I, like if they're stressed about something, I get it. I understand it. If tape doesn't get edited properly, uh, I know what the problem is. And we can talk about it in a way that we both understand. So uh, it, it doesn't seem to be the way anyone's going now. And I, I get it, but uh, it, it was, it was definitely the way it was then. Kind of foreshadowed what you were able to do going to NBC. You covered uh, multiple sports at that time, but I, I did want to, I guess, before we got into your NBC SN time, what did you feel like when you were doing those local news hits? What did you think you had that was maybe different from someone else or you thought, I, I'm going to get to a national level? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to have uh, like an, I guess like an easy authority with the sports. I, I, you know, it, this was still at a time when like, you know, I think maybe the most coveted job in sports broadcasting at that point was like sports center anchor. Yep. You know, it, it was, and and not that it's not a great job now, it's just a very different job now. You know, it was making celebrities back then. Like it, it really was. Uh, I knew I was not that guy. I was not someone who like, I, I didn't, you know, uh, I didn't use catchphrases. I, I, I wanted to deliver uh, a sportscast with, with a certain style, with a certain professionals, you know, yeah, but also with a humor and like maybe it wasn't a humor that everyone got and, and that was okay. And the cool thing about the bosses that I worked for at these local places is uh, I think they saw something in me and they gave me the ability to go out there and make mistakes, find my voice and do whatever I wanted. You know, I wasn't going to cross a line. I wasn't going to embarrass them. But at the same point, like I was going to do some stuff that was different and I, I wanted it to be creative and unique. And I, I wanted, you know, you want an authentic voice. I didn't want to, you know, I wasn't looking to copycat anyone. I mean, you know, I wanted the ability to like have a wink and a smile and a joke. And, you know, the people who got it really enjoyed it. Yep. The people who didn't weren't that turned off by the fact they didn't. Uh, and and I got to do that, which which was cool. And, you know, I, I think it's something I still try to do today. All right, so you get to NBCSN. Uh, I know you're a huge Islander fan, so hockey was probably an easy transition for you. And you mentioned that you played soccer. What was the sport that you may have had the most trouble, I don't want to say getting into, whatever word you want to use, but maybe when you heard the sport, you're like, ah. Oh, I mean, the hardest easily was uh, I did the Tour de France. For oh. two years. Yeah. Uh, and like, I mean, there's nothing harder than that. I think if you really know cycling, it's still a difficult job. Uh, it is. And I did. I knew nothing. I knew like Lance Armstrong. That's it. Like that was my knowledge. <laughs> like it was like everyone else's knowledge of the Tour de France. Like that was that was it. Uh, and all of a sudden I was the host of that show. And that is a like that's a legit traveling circus. You travel with the tour. You like you're in a mobile studio that they park at the finish line so that the backdrop is the finish line. Sure. And you are on like, you know, the peak of uh, a mountain in the Pyrenees or the Alps, or you are in some small town in France, or you're in, you know, at the very end, you're in Paris. Uh, But you need to know everything about that because the audience is so diehard. Yep. So, and I didn't, and, and I, like was willing to admit that I didn't, but I think the idea is like, know what you can rely on your analysts, let them be the experts, really try not to embarrass yourself. Uh, uh, which I'm sure I did multiple times. Uh, I, I probably just did in trying to pronounce like the writer's names and <laughs> half of the cities. I mean, every, it was, it really, it's, it's like trying to 
do a show in a foreign language yeah. and the audience are and the audience are all native speakers and you're supposed to be the authority. So meanwhile, you work eight hours, you stop, you get in a car, you drive four hours to go wherever the next finish is, go to sleep, wake up and, and you're back at it. And, you know, it, it was so it, it was it was the Bizarre. craziest thing I've ever done. It was you feel exhausted at the end, the way the writers feel exhausted. I mean, at the very end, you go to Paris, we have a party that night, people go out, they get all banged up because they're exhausted and <laughs> they probably shouldn't be out doing anything. And I remember the next day, just walking around Paris and like, I hadn't gone out that late. Like I left because I was like, I can't be out, I'm so tired. <laughs> the people, you would run into people that you worked with the next day, just walking in Paris, everyone looked like a zombie. Like you should be in Paris enjoying yourself. Everyone's like, I just want to go home and go to sleep. <laughs> That's the hardest. You were at NBCSN for a good chunk of time. I'm sure you thought, you know, I'm going to be here. But you get the news that basically it's shutting down. Uh, take us through that moment. Take us through that day. What kind of thoughts are you going through your head? Confidence level, just kind of empty it out. Yeah, I mean, it was weird when, you know, we found out. I, I would say I found out like earlier that the network was going to be no more. I found out that before I found out that I would not be a part of anything going forward. So like it all came in waves, but you could see the end. And, you know, when ESPN got the hockey rights, you know, obviously that was pretty significant as well because it felt like, well, they got a huge chunk here. And now it's like, is NBC going to get any of this? Are they going to get the rest? Uh, and what are they going to do with it going forward? What does that mean to everybody? Uh, but then it you know became pretty obvious that wasn't going to happen either. So yeah, I mean it, it, it's rough because you do you have this feeling of like I was at the same place for just over a decade on national TV. That's a long, long time. But I also think like there's a comfort that you get staying yep. in any place for a long time, and I didn't have that up to that point. You know, I had I'd been at a bunch of uh, of different jobs on my way up to NBC Sports. You know, I jumped around a few sports. But then, yeah, it gets to the point where it's like you feel like part of the furniture. I think it was best that like not only that I got to move on and I'm lucky that I did, you know, because you never know, if, uh, especially Turner, like they want to start something new, mm. right? Starting something new. I think it's difficult to convince yourself that like, hey, we should start something new, but bring someone in who is that familiar with the audience and that's synonymous with a different network. With so when Enzo. did you get that call? So when, how did that So happen? that started happening over the summer, over last summer. Um, you know, when we knew Turner, uh, it was announced that Turner had it, that they would have the rights. And then it was a little bit of a slow lull there where you don't know if anything's going to happen. And that's, you know, that, that's a crazy feeling too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been unemployed in this business before, but like I was unemployed. I wasn't married. I didn't have three kids. I didn't have a mortgage. Being unemployed then, it's not fun. It's horrible. It's a lot more frightening now. Luckily, things start happening within a few weeks of like, hey, Turner's, you know, looking around for people. And then they invited me down. And and it, it, that was the big thing. I mean, I wanted to just get face to face with them. They have a way of doing things that's very different than NBC. I think that's obvious just from their broadcast to NBC. And I don't think there's one right or wrong. But I told them, you know, when I got down there, I said, I, I think there are times in any job interview for anything you want to do in life, you try to tell the employer how you can fit into their system, right? Sure. And and you're usually doing, you know, some sort of gymnastics to fit into that role. And I told them, I said, I, I watched your NBA coverage. I, I think 
this is one of those places where like what I want to do and what I was originally thought of as a broadcaster, like it fits here. Like I, I'm, you know, I don't need to sell myself as something different. It may not be what you've seen you know, consistently for 10 years, but it's what I want to do. It's the way I want to do broadcasting going forward. And I, I think it's going to be the right fit. And when they saw me and I, I rehearsed with some people and, it was, you know, it was a lot more free flowing and conversational and uh, a lot more give and take and back and forth with the analysts. They liked it. They saw me for what I, I was. And, you know, it, it worked out really well. I mean, but for me also, uh, one other thing, I mean, I think I, I knew that as much as I enjoyed my time at NBC and, and, and there are moments that stand out there, I'll, I'll, I'll cherish them. I'll cherish a lot of the opportunities. Yeah, I knew I wanted to go forward doing broadcasting the way I wanted to do it. Um, and, and did you I, feel I, like you weren't able to do that to your full potential? I, I just think like, no, I, I, I don't know that I, and maybe that's my fault. You know, maybe I was, maybe I was too comfortable, mm. you know, at NBC doing it a certain way. Um, so, I'm not, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's blame to go around. I mean, mm. and, and a lot of it's got to be on me. But, you know, I, I will say, you know, I think in turn of the message was clear. Like we hired you for a reason. They're both great jobs. This one's different. And I'd say right now, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. So. Last last thing on NBC is saying I'll get you off the hot seat. Do you feel a little bit of resentment with with the channel, or do you just thankful for the ten years? I, I think it's natural to have resentment anytime you're not at the same place. I mean, yeah, of course. Like, and you know, you also, but there's also things of like, you know, what did I do wrong? Could I have done something better? I mean, I, I think you have to look at it both ways, right? Mm. Uh, but I think you know, it's funny, like. So I've heard this from like famous actors a bunch of times. They're like, hey, like, uh, I heard you were off for this part, you know, and, and the part wound up becoming like, you know, uh, an, an Oscar winning part for a different actor. Like, do you have any resentment for that? And I think, you know, what I heard, uh, and I can't remember what said, but it was basically like, you know what, I can't because that turned out to be the right person for that. You know, I wound up getting something else and I get something else. Obviously, I was the right person for something else. And I, and I think that's really what I got to go with here. I mean, like this, like I'm having more fun now. So like, it, it's hard to have, it's hard to hang on to any bitterness. Of course. And I also like, it's very easy in this business to sit there and be like, why me or why not me? Sure. Even more, why not me? Like, why is this person getting this job? Why is this person getting this extension? I think at times you can just sit there and be like, good for them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's what you want. Well, all right, good for them. Hopefully that happens to me too. I don't know. If you hang on to the bitterness, most of it's in your own mind anyway. Sure. So uh, you just gotta let go. Let's do the studio show. This is something that I think hockey's been needing just as far as I'm sticking for that intermission now with this new crew, with you, with Biz, with Wayne. What was the goal, I guess, going into TNT with this studio show for fans? How do you want fans to perceive this show? What's the goal here? Listen, I think in essence, it's entertainment, it's fun, it's enjoyable. How are you talking hockey with your friends? Yep. What are you talking about with your friends? Um, you know, if you're at the bar, if you're in your house, uh, if you're watching people, like, what is the one thing, like, you want discussed? Um, and often that doesn't finish where it started. Like, any conversation you have with your friends, like, it may it may go off the path. And I think that's something that we caught on to pretty quickly, where it's like, hey, listen, I have this different opinion on this, but it's going to take us way off the rails. All right, well, let's check it out for a little bit. You know, if it's not going anywhere, we'll bring it back. But if off the rails, the view's a lot cooler, let's stay there for a little bit and let's hash it out. A big part of it's chemistry, and it's not something that uh, I think you can fake. 
this group had it pretty quickly. Pretty early, yes. Uh, yeah, which is which is rare. Like it's a you know, that's that's a why lot. do you think that, that it happened so early with these guys? I don't know. I mean, it, it's listen, you know, they went through a bunch of people uh to see who would fit together, and there were others that, that could have been great too. It's it's five very different personalities, five very different careers in the sport. Uh, you know, the greatest of all time. Uh, and you have Biz, a grinder who made his reputation basically after hockey. You have Tak, who is could bury goals and drop the gloves, and you'd be terrified of him. Uh, who's won, but he's also coached and knows the modern player. And then you have Anson, who honestly, in many ways, is like he was the experienced, polished broadcaster who's seen hockey now as an analyst and as a player. Mm. So he's got experience on both ends and is really up to date on like the mind of the modern young player. So what is on your mind is, is always worth saying at this point, whether it's ridiculous or not, because if it's ridiculous, no one sits there and pretends you didn't say it on our show. They point yes. at you and say, what, you own it. what the hell was yes. that? Like, yes. yeah, exactly. And, and then you'll be reminded about that for like the next month or two on the show, <laughs> which is the best thing. There's a self-awareness to it too. It's like, we have fun, we can, but we can pivot to serious things. If you say something dumb, you get called out. I don't know. I just think it's one of those things where uh, we were lucky that this group came together when it did. Last one for you. And I was thinking about this last night about biz. You know, this is a guy that still works at Barstool yep. and a lot of corporate networks maybe be like, uh, let me stay. What is it about him? I guess that can, can connect to and have a conversation with Wayne Gretzky, but then also connect to the fan that never actually played the game of hockey. Listen, I, I think the biggest thing about biz is like, he never really, he's never going after anyone or anything in a negative way. There is a joy and a passion to everything he does. You know, I don't think he's trying to put anyone down or make anyone feel terrible. Um, in fact, he's more self-deprecating than he is, you know, someone who's going to come after other people. He is still a little kid. So he enjoys the stories and mm. wants to ask Gretzky every question possible. But at the same time, he's still biz. So there's no filter. So if he has something to say, it doesn't matter that it's Wayne Gretzky that he's saying it to. Right. Like, you know, he's going to make fun of the sweater vest. He's going to make fun of uh, the fact that he wore cowboy boots on air with a suit. Like, I think there's like, there's a real like sort of boyish charm to biz. I also think an incredible talent. Like he's, <laughs> he understands entertainment. He really does. He works ridiculously hard. I mean, he works harder than all of us. The guy is really? constantly doing it. Listen, if he just wanted to be a straight-up analyst and do nothing else and do no uh, entertainment value, he could analyze any game at any time. He watches more hockey than anyone. And he wants to be good. Like, he wants coaching. He wants to get better at things. Uh, and he, I'll tell you another thing. He's extremely collaborative, which I would say for everyone in the group. Like, I'll get texts throughout the week from all the guys. Hey, this is a good idea. What do you think of this? Maybe we can talk about this. Yep. Yeah. And topics are even just, like, off-the-wall stuff. Or like, hey, did you hear, like, I heard, uh, you know, Tak was on this podcast, said something strange. We should bring that up and embarrass him. Biz, and I think like a lot of hockey guys, uh, a big part of it is I want to be great, but how do I make everyone else great too? Mm. And he's a great dude, tremendous teammates. And he is one of those, like, weird Hollywood, you know, uh, lines. The camera loves him. It does. Like, it just does. 
at Liam underscore McHugh on Twitter. Make sure to check him out. Big thanks to him. Doesn't he give you sort of a feel of an Ernie Johnson, the way that Ernie facilitates that inside the NBA crew with Charles, with Kenny, with Shaq? I feel the same way about Liam. It's just something about that is a very difficult job to have, and Liam kind of has that feel that Ernie does. I know that he has created his own broadcast journey and his own broadcast identity, but that's kind of the feel as he transitions into TNT. Really great stuff with him. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We are ripping through the month of September. We have a next couple guests here that I think you guys are going to really enjoy. If you haven't already, I mean, you better have. I mean, we've gotten great guests. But thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you next Thursday here on the Sports Talkers podcast. Thank you for listening to the Sports Talkers podcast with Stephen Strong. A reminder that each episode can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and most podcasting platforms. To stay up to date on future episodes, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.